Pray with me, please. Holy Spirit, breath of God and fire of love, we cannot pray, we cannot reflect, we cannot receive a reflection without your aid. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us. Kindle in us the fire of your love and illumine us with your light, that with steadfast wills and holy thoughts we may now approach the Father in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Father reigns in eternal union. Amen. You may be seated. My sermon on Sunday was all about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And I was, I was reading, actually, in Kelly Capick's book this morning, um, doing a little prep work for this. He quotes another author, I think it was Herman Bavink, who said that the kingdom is kind of a catchphrase for all of the some benefits of living life with God. And it's kind of a way to think about every good thing that you could possibly want, you could possibly imagine when you are living life in the kingdom with God and um, I said at the end of my sermon that, right, the life in the kingdom is the life you've always wanted. It's, it's the thing that you're le- looking for even if you don't realize it. And when you finally get it, then um, you're kind of amazed at just how good life can be. I mean, listen to the descriptions here in Isaiah. Rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad for her. That you may nurse and be satisfied. You may drink deeply with delight. Do you ever feel like God is holding out on you? If you say no, that's great, but uh, I'll be honest, of course I do. I I felt it just this past few days. I mean, when when you're in a a spiritual high, the God groove, as some folks call it, I mean, things are going really well. You're on morning and evening prayer every day. That was me at Canuga. Canuga was great. I come back and do a funeral, my first time leading a liturgy, and there's a bit of an adrenaline rush of, I mean, liturgical, ministerial adrenaline rush. It, It felt good. You preach a good sermon on Sunday, you get a lot of good feedback. That feels good. But then from about 7 p.m. or so, uh, July 4th, Monday night, from about 7 p.m. to this moment, it's, life has felt like a, just a, a series of frustrations, one to the next. And you go from this spiritual high of, I mean, feeling great and being close to God and experiencing what you might call kingdom life, and you just come back down to reality, hit earth from flying so high, and you can get the sense that God's holding out on you. And I don't think that's unreasonable, but it's also not true. So I want to do a little bit of a different thing for this reflection. Um, I'm going to read some words from another piece of Luke's gospel. It's Jesus talking to his disciples. And I want you to just close your eyes and receive these as words from Jesus himself. He said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? If then you're unable to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, 
and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 32, one more time. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In those moments where we think God is holding out on us, I think that's kind of, it's a word to hear, right? That God's not holding out on you. In fact, it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He enjoys, he delights in giving you the kingdom. So why do we do this spiritual roller coaster? Why do we go up and down? Why, uh, why does it feel like we can be in a spiritual high place at one moment and then down into the depths the next? That's not an abnormal experience, by the way, for God's people. Read the Psalms. A roller coaster of emotion flows all throughout. That There can be these moments of closeness and glory and these moments of deep, dark despair, and that's okay. The key there, I think, is to just remember what I tried to say at the end of my sermon, that the kingdom, at least our experience of it, it's inaugurated. It's only begun. We enter into it, but it's a reality that we await the fullness of. And until we get to the fullness, we'll have that roller coaster. We'll have those ups and downs. We'll have those moments where we feel like God is holding out on us. But we have to remember that he isn't. That for whatever reason... If we have asked for something good and we haven't received it, then he's got a good reason. He has some wisdom behind that. And maybe sometimes we don't get what we ask because we ask for it wrongly. That's what James says. James says in chapter 4 that you don't have because you don't ask, but then he follows it up with maybe you don't have because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. If we're asking for the kingdom and for benefits for our own selfish desire, then maybe God won't give us that, and that's because it's good for him not to. It's not good for God to feed our selfishness. And when we step out of that mode, when we enter into a place of asking for his kingdom and asking for his blessings for the benefit of other people, then maybe we receive what we want. I'll close with another little exercise I'd like us to do. Um, during the talks at Canuga, Kelly Capick was talking about the kingdom being part of um, Jesus planting the flag in various aspects of our life, right? I mean, claiming lordship over a certain place in our life. And so I think that for each one of us, there's a section, there's a piece of our lives where we would want the kingdom to manifest itself more fully. I can think of what it is for me, that there's a, there's a part of life that It's not going great right now, and that's where I need Jesus' help most often, and that's where I want it at this very moment. And so I want, just take two seconds in the quiet of your own soul to identify a place in your life where you want to see the kingdom of God more manifestly provided. Just take take a second. Pray with me. God, whatever it is that we have identified in our own lives, in our own souls, where we feel that you're missing, where we feel that we need more than anywhere else in our lives for the kingdom to come, 
forgive our unbelief, and we ask you one more time, as it is your good pleasure to give us the kingdom, Father, give us the kingdom, give us more of an experience of the kingdom and kingdom life in whatever area of life that we just identified. And help us to trust that it really is your good pleasure to give us that. And when you withhold goodness and blessing from us, it's ultimately for our benefit because you're wiser than us. But we do ask one more time, as it is your good pleasure, give us more of the kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.